Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Another episode of Full Court Press brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Alves. What's up, Luke? Not much, Nick. How you doing tonight, man? Pretty good, man. Just ready to talk some uh, awesome NBA news. We got a good little bit to talk about tonight. Uh, a lot of lot of fun things in store. Um, and uh, Jawan is on the line, but he is pending. He will be in with us very, very shortly. Um, but uh, without further ado, let's just jump in because we got a lot to talk about. Let's get right into it. There's some interesting stuff coming out of Toronto. Some stuff from David Aldridge. Like, a lot, lot of reports going on. Mark Stein chimed in. A lot, lot of shit going on here. So, So let's get into it. Well, first of all, Nick Nurse, the new coach of the Toronto Raptors, um, said that he and Kawhi Leonard had a really long, productive conversation about Leonard's involvement with the team. Um, There are plenty of quotes out there. Feel free to go look them up. But um, to try and keep things short, we're going to, uh, um, you know, just say that they had a very long and productive conversation, as hard as that might be to believe, that uh, Kawhi Leonard is capable of carrying on a long conversation. Um, However, David Aldridge reported that he expects the Brooklyn Nets to be a legitimate contender to acquire Kawhi in the offseason, which doesn't seem – it's not, like, great reporting. Like, I mean – I mean, for him to go out on a limb and say, uh, 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 like, legit great contender, like, that's a step further. But we all know what Brooklyn's game is. Like, they've opened up the cap space to go after two max free agents. They want to try to get two of these guys to come in there and, and, and change things around for their franchise. So it's not necessarily surprising to hear that. Um, but to add fuel to the fire, Mark Stein reported that Kyrie Irving will have the Nets on his teams to explore in the off season. Now, again, that's even kind of more tempered than what David Aldridge was saying about Kawhi. Essentially, like Kyrie is is going to entertain the notion of of signing with the Nets if he thinks it is best, you know. Um, but you know, would you really think that he would think that would be best over signing with re-signing with Boston or going to the Knicks for that matter? Um, like, the, the, there's a lot of ways the Knicks can create cap space, and you know, like if they were to be able to sign Kyrie and and wanted to go after somebody else, they could 
probably make that happen. Likewise, the Celtics, if, you know, Kyrie wanted to be like, yo, I really want you to try to get Kawhi, really want you to try to get Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, that that would definitely make me stay. You know, another thing, like the Celtics are, are just as equipped, if not more equipped than the Knicks to go after him. Um, you know, a, a guy that Kyrie wants on his team, um, you know, albeit the Nets are just will able to outright sign the two um, or sign two max free agents, as it were. Um, but anyway, you hear all this, uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on all of the spiel just laid out in front of you? I mean, no matter what, Kyrie Irving can entertain any team that he likes. He's a free agent. He's going to do that. I mean, it's a business choice, so, I mean, technically it's the right thing to shop around. I mean, but no matter what, at the end of the day, especially after he gets to play a healthy season, if he stays healthy and everything, he's going to get the best offer from the Celtics. He's going to get the best trajectory out of any team with the Celtics. So, I mean, yes, I've, he can entertain any team. We're going to never nonstop hearing rumor after rumor of this team and that team because he's not committed to signing extension, which I wouldn't want to be either. He said it. It doesn't make sense for him to even entertain that thought. I mean, the money he just gets in, just, just anything. I mean, yeah, he's going to be free agent. Why not? I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, so there's two different ways if you look at it. The Nets have the way where he could go in day one, be that guy, that main guy, he's building the Nets name. He could be that guy down in history that's like the man who brought the Nets out of nowhere, won him maybe a title or brought him even a title contention, and he could get another superstar, which Kawhi Leonard I don't feel like wants to be the superstar like Kyrie does. So that's the way you could go with the Nets. And the Nets could do some other moves where they're still young. They have a lot of tradable assets, and they finally got their picks back. They have two next year which is good for them for first-rounders. So they could definitely trade. So the Nets could go that way. It's just, like you're saying, you're going to a very inexperienced team that who do you have really as the core role players? You don't have any super. You would have to build around that and just see what you have left. But it would take some time. Celtics are going to get you to a championship faster. And then what the Knicks think is, they they already have one. They already have a superstar there. So no matter what, Kyrie's not going to the Knicks and just taking that team from Kristoff. I mean, everyone loves him. He's the unicorn for the Knicks right now. They hated the shit out of him when they drafted him, and now they acted like that didn't happen, and he just grew this horn, and he's like, but he's been beautiful since day one. I love him. So that's, that's always going to be their superstar, but you can build around another superstar and all that, but then you have to, you know, other tradable things, but – uh, in the end, I mean, I'm not worried because I feel like right now where the Celtics are projected in the East, there's no outcome where we shouldn't make the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly the Finals and make them want to – possibly, I mean, he might go for a low deal, not take the Supermax 5 and and work his way like that. But I'm not worried about he that can't. now for the Leonard's sake. He can't, he can't get the Supermax. <clears throat> He's not he – he doesn't qualify for it. Uh, he can okay, get the five like, year, but he but he he can get the five year, but he can't get the like five year super max. Well, that's what I mean. Well, I deal. mean, I know not the five year super max, but like the Celtics are the only team that can offer him a five year max. Like no other team. Right, can right, offer right, him right, right. Plus, they can offer him. They can offer right. Plus, they can offer him an extra three percent increase in in raise per year. 
um, other teams can only offer him five where they can offer an 8% increase in salary. So that's a, it's an added bonus as far as they, they can certainly offer him the most money. Now for the Kawhi's sakes with, um, with everything with Nick Nurse, I'm glad they had a conversation, you know, coach definitely, I mean, it's a first year coach. He's got a lot riding on his back, not only the, the GM for making this trade, but your first year coach right now, not a lot of people know you think you have a superstar, I mean, top five caliber, like definitely player in the league when he's healthy. So you definitely have to entertain to him, see what kind of system he wants to run. If he want it all through him, he kind of didn't like that with the Spurs. So I'm glad they had that conversation, you know, it came out successful. It does sound like Kawhi's going to play, which I'm, I'm excited. You know, I want to see him play. I don't want any more of the shenanigans of him never talking, which he never does. And then his uncle and his agent, just basically running his world and not letting anyone talk to Kawhi. So at least we'll get to see him play. And then at the end of the year, same thing, too. He, he has the right to entertain many teams. It's, it's a business strategy. You want to see, but I think at the end of the day, I, I did hear a, read a lot of things that he does not like the cold. So, but I don't know why the yeah. Nets automatically thrown out there as, like, the newest team. Like, I think if you're, you're the Nets, I mean, Raptors, got a better team than you right now. I think they could definitely make an Eastern Conference final and make a run at it and make it interesting. And same thing with him, just not sign a long deal. But the Nets, Sean Marks is in a good spot. I mean, what, we're talking about the Nets right now. Like, when's the last time anyone talked positive about a net, the Nets? And being like a contender to get anyone. I mean, you mean other than them making the worst trade in, in NBA history? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, That's the best trade. In Celtics history. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, hold, hold on. That's that's. I think that's yet to be determined. Um, there, there's some there's some great trade trades in uh, in Celtics lore. Um, don't there don't is, don't, don't sell don't sell Red Auerbach short that now. You know. I, I, um, I, he pulled some great deals in his Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Brooklyn getting any any sort of. Um, positive light is is a really really promising thing for them, um, and and Sean Marks is, is just he's he's kind of put them on the map as far as making all the different deals that he has. Again, that Alan Crabb deal, I just I'll never understand. But you know, um, I you know you have to you have to probably sit and look at that as you know uh, things evolve over time, deals change, um, uh, outlooks on franchises change, and where they were at the time is probably not where they are now. Um, real quick, before I before I introduce and move on to Juwan, um, I want to ask you this, Luke. Um, when Kyrie Irving wins the MVP, uh, does that does that you know make him want to stay more, or do you think that potentially uh, gives him you know even more flexibility, even more um, gravitas, if you will, in the words of uh, of uh, Roca, um, to you know uh, want to explore other options. Like he achieved, even if he doesn't win a championship. Like he won a championship at Cleveland, he wins an MVP in Boston. Maybe he can move on to his next destination, or maybe does that make him want to stay even more? Does that make him be like, like, yeah, we got all this talent, and I'm still like the fucking king of the hill. If I go and team up with, say, a Kawhi Leonard, like, 
you know, yeah, my 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 B is better. Like my my wingman is better than anybody I got on these Celtics. But like right now, anyway, you know, like we don't know where Tatum is going to be in five years. Um, but you know, my 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 depth and my my roster as a whole is not as good. Like so, so how do you kind of perceive that situation coming from Kyrie's perspective? No, if he wins MVP, I hope as a competitor to say, and especially if we don't win the finals, I hope as a competitor inside that he's like, no, I'm not leaving anything on the table. Yeah, I had a great season, probably the best season of my life, but I'm not walking away from this. Like, we were so close. Like, say we make it to the finals, and we lose our six or seven in Golden State, which not a lot of teams do you think would even get that far. Everyone's already writing off Golden State as 3 P and Kevin and that whole team's good blood. So I think as a competitor inside, he would not walk away from it, especially if you just proved that you're the best player in the league and you were that close and you're just going to walk away from a team that definitely, yeah, your B could be better, but I don't believe that. Like, until I see Kawhi back to being who he was, I mean, I'm taking – I'm even taking Tatum, but, I mean, Gordon Hayward was a really good – not anywhere near Kawhi Leonard, but he was definitely a solid, you know – person when he was an all-star when it, before his injury, so I'll definitely take him over, but I just think of Kyrie Irving thinks he wouldn't leave it on him. Now, if he wins MVP and we just win the final something, maybe, but I still think he would say, it would have to be something drastic where he doesn't win the MVP, we get upset in the second round of the playoffs, and he's really reconsidering everything. So, I, I don't think if he wins MVP, he's going to think about leaving win or lose finals. If you get the MVP, staying with the Celtics. Yeah, and that's not an S, that's a win, just so everybody knows. Uh, but anyway, Juwan, welcome. What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Can hear you just fine, brother. Okay, perfect. Um, perfect. So uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, this old Nick Nurse um, apparently having like a very – constructive conversation with Kawhi Leonard, Nick Nurse, the new coach of the Raptors. Um, however, you know, Aldridge saying that the Brooklyn Nets are, you know, a, a legitimate contender to acquire him and that, you know, potentially Kyrie would be looking to team up with him. And, you know, I mean, obviously keep in mind, you know, Kawhi's uncle is really, really close friends with Kyrie Irving's dad. Like, they have, like, a really close relationship. So that's another thing that kind of ties these two players together. Uh, But nevertheless, um, what do you make of this whole situation? Um, Just jump in and take it where you want. Um, I do not consider the Nets a a threat. And the reason why is I think if Kyrie leaves the Celtics, it's only for the Knicks. Uh, because you, if you're leaving a team that is tailor-made to compete and win championships year after year after year after year, that means yeah. one of two things. One, you want to be the guy and not be part of a system. You want to be known as the guy that, that won someone a championship. Well, or when he wins MVP, that's you know, what will happen, but go ahead. I was – I was about to get into that, but then I'm like, no, because it'll take me off of my, my, my uh, train of thought. So I'll leave that alone <laughs> All right. for now. Um, All right, go ahead. But uh, you either leave the Celtics for that or 
because you want to play in the Mecca, uh, I don't see Kyrie wanting to play on the Nets. I just, I, I don't, nothing about the Nets is, like, attractive. Like, I haven't, I never saw Darren Williams with any kind of endorsements or deals. I didn't see Garnett, Pierce, none of the quote-unquote Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, none of the quote-unquote big Well, they were in New Jersey then, too. No, 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 no. I'm talking, about since, I'm talking about since they converted, since Jay-Z and everything, they converted over to New York. I have not seen any of their marquee signings. Get they haven't had any marquee players like since then. Well, no. I mean, Brooke Lopez is York, not a marquee they... player, and Darren Williams had fallen off the map by the time they moved there, and they they stretched him shortly after that. They went. They got Joe Johnson when they were in Brooklyn. They got Joe Johnson. Then they went and they got the old dinosaurs. Like, I mean, yeah, I, he, I get what you're saying, but there's, there's nothing marquee about the Nets. There's just nothing. So it's like you're leaving the Celtics. Like, at least if you went to the Knicks, it's because of the prestige of it, the idea that if you bring a championship to the Garden, you'll probably get a statue on the front, like right in front of the, the uh, you know, Madison Square Garden. Like, sure, that is yeah. attractive to players. Like, just the idea of playing in the Garden day in, day out. Like, that's why I would understand he would at least take a meeting with the Knicks. I don't get that in in uh, in Brooklyn. The only way I see Kyrie going there is if the Nets somehow lock up uh, Kawhi Leonard, and then it's like, uh, what else can you do? But yeah, sure. Like I'll I'll definitely think a lot harder now. Uh, even yeah, Colin it's like was, it's was like saying, what else do you have? It's like what else do you have around those guys? Like right. I, I mean, mean, sure. Even, even you have Colin was saying it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I was just saying, like, I mean, sure, you have two superstars now, but you have very little depth. You, I mean, what? I mean, what are you going to, you're going to play those two guys and what, Alan Crabb? They might have to even stretch Alan Crabb to, to fit those guys. I'm not sure. it, But, like, nevertheless, maybe you have Alan Crabb. Um, I mean, Dinwiddie, you're you're probably you're not going to be able to re-sign Dinwiddie at that point. Well, maybe you can because his cap hold would be would be really little. So maybe you, you would be able to pull that off. But he's an unrestricted free agent, so like he could go anywhere. So maybe you don't get him back. Um, then you're looking at like Jared Allen and the couple of guys that they drafted, um, which were I think Rodian's Kurics. And uh, it was another European Musa, player, but I Musa, can't. Musa. Yes, yes, thank you. Um in Musa. So, like, you, I mean, is that a core? I mean, maybe, and, and I guess Ronda Hollis Jefferson will be there. Um, is, is that a core that is going to win a championship? No. No, you don't have enough. I mean, it depends. I mean, if Jared Allen develops into a solid fucking center, which. I mean, he, he he showed signs last year, but um, nothing nothing to the extent that you know I would think he would he, he's going to make that kind of move, that kind of transition. So yeah, I I mean I just I think the depth thing would be an issue, and the fact that you don't have a third guy on that. Um, but anyway, Juwan, you were saying. 
No, I was just saying, even Colin made a, uh, you know, was making a great point about how um, he, he was just pretty much saying how pay attention to Kyrie and the Knicks and everything. Uh, I, I'm more alluding to what he was saying about location matters. I mean, like people want to play in some of these big markets. They just do. And a guy like Kyrie, since he came in the league, seemed like a guy that when he got a chance, was going to go to a big market. Boston is a big market. Um, it's, it's a city of champions. It, it literally is. It takes a lot to be able to play in Boston because uh, the expectations are super high. It, like I said, it's a city of champions. Um, so, I mean, it's just, like I said, if Kyrie were to leave Boston, and yes, Luke, I get it. It probably, like, it, the more best, like, I, I get my mindset around, like, basketball will be back sooner rather than later. I keep just thinking how stacked Boston is, and I'm just like, if you're Kyrie, how do you look at that and just go, mm, nope, nope, I don't want that. Nope, I don't want, I don't want any part of this. I want to go to either Brooklyn or or uh, or the Knicks. Like I, I, it's just weird to me. But like I said, Kyrie just seems like a guy who would rather be in a marquee place like like the the, the Mecca. So I mean, I, I don't see the Nets at all. I, I I just don't. I see the Nets overpaying for two guys that are good but not superstars. Like I could completely see that. I told you, Nick, I, I could completely see them. Um, you know, uh, well, I, I think he got re-signed, but if he didn't, I was saying, like, Tobias Harris seems like the perfect guy no, I was gonna say, for the Brooklyn Nets. Tobias Harris. Yeah, they're going to get yeah, Tobias yeah. Harris. Yeah, those guys seem perfect for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and, and listen, I'm like Joel now. If the Knicks don't get Kyrie, I still like the idea of, of their youth and their future. So I, it's not the end of the end of the line like it was when we were trying to go all in for LeBron that, that one year. So, I mean, it, it's not make or break for us, but I, I do not see Kawhi or Kyrie going to the Nets because it's like you're in Toronto, you have a chance there to compete for championships or at least to compete for coming out of the, the East. Um, so you would leave that to go to the Nets? Like, I, that just wouldn't make any sense. So I, I don't think the Nets – I think the Nets are somewhere that people will, like, have a conversation with just to be nice, but I don't see either one of those guys signing. Sean, I got a question for you real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, not 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 saying, you know, he wants to be the, the head entrepreneur, but you'd really say if he were to go to the Knicks, he's going to be your guy? Like, you got all your Knicks fans are just going to throw Kristoff? Your superstar right now, who is the man right now in New York? You're just going to throw him the sideline. I understand that me, he does want to be the man, but, I, like, Brad Stevens' shadow is a lot smaller than a guy you call the unicorn who you guys are in love with, who you hope that changes your whole franchise around that you drafted. I don't think Kyrie's walking in there from day one being the guy. Definitely not in the locker room. I don't even see him being a, in you guys' franchise. Like, that's a – Kristoff is the, the unicorn. You guys cannot just – if you guys get Kyrie, I'd be very disappointed Luke. if you just threw Kristoff like that out the side. Luke, Listen, why can't there this, be a 1A, 1B scenario, bro? Time out. Like, no, 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 no. Time out, time they out. They play time completely out. That's, different that's positions. Not how, that's not how Knicks fans are. We're, we're, we are super fickle. Luke, I think you're forgetting that year Amari, who didn't have the Knicks in the playoffs. Like, I, I, I want to mention that, by the way, but was playing amazing that year. That guy was he was playing amazing. He wanted to be there when no one else wanted to come to the Knicks. Amari came there. 
The city loved them. They got behind them. Mello came. No one cared about Stoudemire as much as they did Mello. That's exactly what will happen if a name like Kyrie Irving lands in New York City. Knicks fans are that fickle. If the Knicks get Kyrie, and let's say they get Kyrie, someone else, and let's say that they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, the talk will be Kyrie led the Knicks to the Eastern Conference Finals. No Knicks fan will say, no, but come on, man, Chris Stops. No, they're going to be all chips in for Kyrie because we are that fickle. I promise you that. That is how New York has always been. That's how they always will be. I get what you're saying. I love Chris Stops. I'm not pushing him aside, but I am telling you, you will go from seeing every sign being Chris Stops to a majority of them being Kyrie. Uh, it, it, the second he signs on that dotted line, you will see the entire city go from unicorn to Kyrie with like the snap of a finger because that is how fickle the city of New York is as far as getting talent, marquee talent, and then making that talent seem like it is God to the city. I am telling you wow. that's, how it, that's exactly how it will be. Well, this conversation has – this conversation has uh, essentially devolved, devolved into um, what will happen if Kyrie Irving joins the Knicks. Uh, so uh, it seems like the right timing. Uh, Joel Jimenez is joining us. Uh, what's up, Joel? Hey, good timing, I say. I didn't expect yeah. to walk into this. I thought we were going to talk about I was so hyped to talk Brandon Jennings getting waved. I was like, fuck, I hope I don't miss that topic. Um, well, um, that, that, that's, the, that's the last topic of the show, which we're already a half hour in uh, with a, with a four-man panel to start. So I doubt we're going to get to that one, unfortunately, for you, Joel. Um, Darn it. But, uh, yeah, man, it, it, it happens. It happens to the best of them. Uh, but nevertheless, um, what we're really kind of talking about here is the fact that um, uh, a Nick Nurse, uh, new coach of the Raptors, uh, apparently sat down and had a really productive uh, meeting with Kawhi. Um, but Aldridge, David Aldridge, has reported that um, the Brooklyn Nets will be a legitimate contender to uh, acquire Kawhi in the off season, and actual fuel to that fire, Mark Stein. Uh, as reported that that Kyrie will have the Knicks, uh, I'm sorry, the Nets on his radar. Um, We've gone a long way through this conversation and and essentially ended up saying the Nets are not legit contenders for either one of these people. I think we're all in in somewhat consensus in that regard. Um, But anyway, you hear all of this. You hear us talking about um, Kyrie joining the Knicks. So feel free to respond to any of the things you just heard Jawan talking about. I'd like to hear if, if you see Knicks fans in the same light as Jawan do, that you know that the fan base is that fickle, that if Kyrie joined the team, it would basically be like, all right, Kyrie's our guy now, and Kristaps is, we love you, but, but all right, you know, stay in your lane type shit. Um, so any and all of the above, the floor is yours, sir. All right, so for starters, uh, the, the whole Nets being serious, can, please. All right, look, they're the Nets. Um, they're going to be third, not even in the city, because um, you have other teams around them that, you know, play a bigger uh, part in attracting free agents like New York, like Philadelphia, like Boston. <laughs> in the division, yeah. fifth in terms of popularity. All right, so um, I'm just saying 
I don't want to count them out at all because they're in Brooklyn. So they're in New York. And in the end, they are in the market a lot of, a lot of guys wouldn't mind playing in. But at the same time, they are not the Knicks. I know it doesn't mean much to many people, but it is in the city. Um, if it's between yeah. the Knicks and the Nets, it, the Nets are the, the little brother. It's just what it is. It's the it Yankees versus the Mets, man. Like, the Mets <laughs> exactly. will never be the Yankees. Like, no, they won't. It's just it's how it is, you know. Um, there, will they get a maybe a sit down? I could, I wouldn't count them out. Why not? Right? They can get a sit down. Doesn't mean they're gonna get anybody. Sure. They might like. I remember. I just walked. I walked in when you guys were talking about them possibly getting Tobias Harris. I could see that. I think he's a Brooklyn guy. I forget. I know he's from New York. Maybe he's a Long Island guy. I forget. But um, I'm, I'm not really worried about the Nets. If, if Kawhi's never not going to Brooklyn, if he's going, if he's not going to, uh, to L.A., he's probably gonna end up staying in Toronto, in my opinion. Uh, when it comes to, or maybe uh, going Kyrie, to Philly. Like Philly before Brooklyn, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, When it comes to Kyrie, I would say I don't don't see why anybody would leave Boston if you could stay in Boston, Um, logically. If you're thinking, like, why would you leave the team that's already set to go? Uh, We're probably going to be in the finals this year at some point. Uh, If you look at it like that, why would you leave that? But it's also Kyrie Irving, and I wouldn't put anything past that man to do anything that's in terms of logic. So I'm not going to count that out either. Um, he may just want to do that just to do that because it's just not what he feels like doing. I, I, I don't know. That's just He's a weird he's guy. He's a weird dude. He's got his own yeah. flow. He is. He's a weird dude. He has his own mind set in certain ways, and maybe Boston is just not where he wants to be. And I'm not going to hold anything against him. If, that's what he wants. if he wants to go somewhere else, let him go somewhere else. Hopefully it's New York. If it's not New York, then – I don't know where. <laughs> because if it's not New York, then I don't see why he would just, just stay in Boston at that ATL. point. ATL. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, that's another option. If, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't even know where Atlanta's going at this point, but it's probably going to be just dunk and dive, dunk and dive with all the fucking just blues and draft picks are going to be your future at this point. And unless you can, you can attract a big free agent, who knows? Well, no, here's my thing, it, and it all boils down to this. It, it, you're essentially right. It's going to be, like, exactly what you said. Like, we're 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 going to tank again and, and what have you. But if you can clear cap space and sign two max free agents and you have enough assets and the Pelicans want to get rid of Anthony Davis, then you're looking at being able to cut corners and, and, and make – make way for something, something that Brooklyn can't do because Brooklyn doesn't have the assets in order to do it. They don't have, they don't have the draft assets, the future draft assets that the Hawks have, nor do they have the young talent that the Hawks have, you know, with, with Trey Young and, and um, Herter and Prince and Spellman and Dorsey and all these guys. Um, So uh, Collins, um, so you know that's 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 like my what I'm crossing my fingers for you know like give me give me Kyrie and Butler and and let's trade Trey Young and a bunch of other pieces and get you know a bunch of future uh, like the Dallas pick and our own pick and what have you and get Anthony Davis and like let's just call it a day and like let's go, let's go compete you know right. I, um, I don't see the Pelicans willingly giving away Anthony Davis he would have to demand a trade oh no 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 well I you know I mean <laughs> I mean next off season when it when he's going into his contract year. I mean, it's really going to depend on how the Pelicans fare this season. Um, and if they right. make the right moves, uh, I mean, they still own their, their draft pick. If they, 
if they could package that along with Solomon Hill and get a legitimate small forward, however they mm-hmm. you know plan on doing that, they're they're going to be a lot better off, and they'll probably be a playoff seed and 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 compete, and and you know that'll go a long way into making Anthony Davis happy. But anyway, um, I'm not trying to sidetrack you. Um, please finish up with uh, you know whatever. You're no, saying. that was it. I mean, I kind of said my piece. Well, and one more thing, I guess to, to wrap up with what Joan was saying about the whole uh, New York fans and and yes, yes, we will embrace Kyrie. Uh, wholeheartedly, if he were to show up, because we are fickle motherfuckers. But not to say we would forget about Kristaps Porzingis. That's, that's not going to happen. That's ours. He's our bread, like homegrown dude. Hell, we're never going to push him to the side. But we're ne- we're not going to forget. Ky- Kyrie's going to know that this is his also his town. Like this, is, like we can share. There is a one A one B aspect to uh, the way we like shit. You know, everything has to be one dude for you know everything. Trust me, we can. They can share the fucking spotlight and. If they want to bring a third person, they could be in on it. I've been on it too. Hell yeah, that's what I like to hear. See, that's what we need. We need some one A, one B, even one C if need be, um, because you know that's that's the way a team is successful. Um, yeah, you need a guy right now. You, what's that, Luke? I said we have one through F right now. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like you. That's what I mean. Like, if you want to be successful, you gotta have that. Like, you gotta have. Um, yeah. You but gotta you have guys who are willing to sacrifice. If he comes over to us for B one, our one A, right? So what, what's the matter? That's true. Um, but why would you want to be one A when you only got B and C when you could be one A and you go all the way down to S? <laughs> like, because, so Nick, I'll answer that in one. One little thing. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. The earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, well, let's uh, let's move on. We'll talk a little bit about Scott Perry. Um, Scott Perry has just pretty much just made his one-year anniversary with the New York Knicks. Uh, he, he was hired last, um, uh, I think, the 17th of July. Um, last year, um, so he 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 wasn't involved with the the picks that you guys made last season, um, but he's been involved throughout uh, last year, this off season, and he is responsible for the draft picks that you guys have made this season. Um, first things first, I want to throw it over to you, Luke, because I know you got some opinions on Scott Perry. Um, and then I'm going to throw it back to the the New York fans and and how they think about um, particularly what he's done in New York. But before we do that, Luke, I want you to kind of, you know, give the the audience um, kind of a history as far as what you know of Scott Perry and and kind of your thoughts on him as a GM in general and, um, you know, offer up, you know, what's, what's your thoughts on what he's done with the Knicks so far? I mean, he was with the King last year, which I was surprised that he – I'm pretty sure he made their terrible choices with Vince Carter, Zach Randolph, and then somehow escaped the boat and was like, hey, I'm going to go get a better job right now and go to New York, which, hey, dude, I would do that all the way. But so that also is kind of like weird things. I'm pretty – Sure, he signed both of those contracts. Those are Scott's guys over there, and they were disasters on the Kings, throwing out 
terrible money. Um, just weird draft choices, but I don't think it's technically his fault. It's um, it's ownership. It's it's, it's uh, Vladdy. I mean, everyone knows that. Yeah, he, it's just a terrible thing. But I just, I thought it was funny. I, it just dawned on me that he was there with the Kings. Never really did anything. What have you heard? I mean, the Kings have been a miserable. Uh, like Elie's, he, I mean, he's the, responsible for Demarcus Cousins' trade, so that's a, his trade right there, and did not look good for the Kings right now. So it's just mm-hmm. a lot of things, but I mean, power to him to go get a Knicks job. I mean, that's a great job to get right there. And I think he can turn it around. You know, I don't think I, I want to say ownership's not as bad, but that's really hard to say because James Dolan, mm-hmm. Knicks owner, is just oof, oof. But other than that. They're, they're not run. I don't know who their president in operations is. I think he's, he's someone better than, uh, uh, than uh, what's the face? The last one. Can't just slip in my mind right now. But, uh, yeah. I, shit, man, I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, no, um, I know. I knew who it was. I, if you heard me laugh, I was just trying to laugh it off. Because <laughs> that was not a good last president president of operations. Oh, you're talking about Phil. Yeah, that's how I was just joking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to play it off as a joke. I mean, but Nick's trying to do a different thing. He's trying to do a different thing. Uh, I like his draft picks this year. I think he hit, like, home runs for both of them. I was really high on Mr. Robinson. I'm a Kentucky guy. I've watched not all of you, so this is a good spot. It's just really funny that, you can go from making terrible choices the year that year for the Kings, and then get a way better job, like a super upgrade. Like I've never heard anyone in business having a down year and then getting probably like one of the best jobs like to get in your industry. Yeah, and to be fair to him with the Kings, he wasn't ultimately the guy making, you know, the final decision. Obviously, that was Vlade Divac. Um, so. You know, I mean, he, I'm sure, had a say, um, and who knows what exactly his say was. Um, but, you know, I mean, ultimately it wasn't it wasn't his final say-so um, as far as, you know, um, to sign those guys. You know, you mentioned Zach Randolph, Vince Carter. Got another one for you, George Hill. Um, so, you know, those are, those are three guys. And, and – and you know what? It's crazy. We've seen it uh, again this year with the fucking Kings. Like, how in the fuck have you not used your cap space to absorb bad contracts and, and get draft picks? Like, why do you keep signing guys, like, that aren't going to fucking... Like, you know you suck. You know you fucking suck. So why not do what the Hawks have done what the Nets have done, what Billy fucking turned into a blueprint, do a little bit of what any of these teams have done and and get yourself assets by, you know, taking on a Luol Deng or a Joe Kim Noah or a Chandler Parsons or, like, any of these fucking guys that, like, teams are so desperate to get rid of. Like, explore those options. Like, figure... Figure it out, man. Like, why why weren't the Kings talking to Denver um, and 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 saying like, look, we'll you know we'll fucking straight up take 
uh, Kenneth Reed and, you know, uh, Daryl Arthur, if you'll give us your first-round pick. Like, sure. Like, why not? Like, they're both expiring contracts. What do you got to lose? You, they're off your cap by next season. Um, and yet you never heard the Kings even close to being thrown about. They were busy trying to uh, sign restricted free agents who inevitably were matched. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I won't hold too much against Perry for his time with the Knicks. I'm, I'm not Knicks. With his time with the Kings because – the Kings continually make the same stupid mistakes that they made while he was there, which leads me to believe uh, there's a lot more wrong with the Kings than um, Perry's influence when, when he was there. Um, but nevertheless, um, Joel, what do you think of, of, of the man's impact since he's been there? And, um, you know, what do you expect – uh, from him going forward. I mean, obviously, he's done a good job, at least from what we can tell thus far, with his first two draft picks for the Knicks. Um, but, like, what do you see maybe going forward as far as, you know, what he can achieve, um, you know, as as a GM? Oh, and also, um, I don't know if he made this deal or not, I would have to go back and look it up. But does anyone know, did he make the Tim Hardaway deal? Because it seems like that might be in the span of time where he... I was that question, too. I was wondering that same thing. I was like, did he make the Hardaway deal? I feel like... It was more of a Steve Mills thing, because that was... I I was going to say... Yeah, I was going to say, because I feel like if he, like, July 17th, like, that's well after, like, deals are already constructed, you know. Like, I think this year, July 13th, was, like, when deals could be made official. So, like, last year, if he was hired after deals could be made official, I mean, that deal was definitely agreed upon before deals could be made official. So I think that was probably more of a Steve Mills thing, too. So I'm not going to hold it that was, against him. Up. It was definitely Steve Scott Mills. Perry's deal. Yeah, because no. you want you want a Scott Perry one? I'll give you one. Hazonia was a Scott Perry move because that was there we go. Right. one year. He was in Orlando because he was uh, also in Orlando for a year. Yeah, right. Yeah, it so was. I, it was the. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead, Juan, and then throw it over to Joel. No, I was just saying it, it definitely wasn't Perry. The the Hardaway signing was definitely uh, before Perry got there. It was the Nick pretty much saying. We struck out on everyone else, so we landed on Hardaway. So it was definitely before he uh, he got there, because I'm pretty sure he probably wouldn't have made that pick with with the the way he's kind of laid out how he wants to go about New York. Uh, you know, especially with what he's done this past off season, I don't think he would have signed Hardaway, especially to that crazy contract. Um, yeah. So it was definitely uh, before him. But sorry, go ahead, Joel. No. I- I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I, like, right now, Steve Mills, Scott Perry seem to be working in unison. I'm a big one, one or the other. I think they're both agreeing to what they got to agree as working as a team, at least as far as I've seen so far. Um, and it's, so far, it's been working, in my opinion. Uh, last year was more of one of those years that you know it was a throwaway year, so they did what they had to do. Uh, the only one big free agency, uh, free agency signing was Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't hate this. I still don't hate the signing, and I still don't want to lose the guy. I like Tim Hardaway Jr. I never not liked Tim Hardaway Jr. Say what you you know, say whatever. 
Um, the whole thing with, him, with Scott Perry on the Kings, who's, who's barely there to really do much. Uh, I know he was involved in the whole drafting of De'Aaron Fox. I know that much. Uh, I know he, his, 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 he goes back as far as the whole championship Detroit Pistons team. He was part of that. He was also part of the group that drafted Kevin Durant in Seattle. He was part of that. So, look, there's a lot of that. <laughs> he's been part of He's been around a while. It's not just the Kings. You to give him, oh, that one year with the Kings. Which at the time, when they signed Vince Carter and Zach Randolph, we over here did not think those were bad signings at the time. And George Hill was coming off of a, a borderline all-star I'm, year. I'm pretty sure I said signing. those were not signing. smart. They weren't bad. Well, what, they were, like, really? I what were they doing? They were the fucking No, they're terrible. Kids. I will year. give you some credit, Joel. I do think Hell that we yeah. said, I do think we said that as a like collective, we thought they would be better than they ended up being. Um, right. But we yeah. all agreed yeah. totally. that they they were large overpays and that it, it seemed counterproductive to what your ultimate goal should be. Um, like I think what we were basically saying is good on you for wanting to go out and compete, but Right. Maybe not the best decision. I feel like that's where, at least where I was coming from. My thing with those signings, I always looked at them like they weren't meant to do anything except to be those veteran presences. And we didn't think they were bad veteran presences in the, like in the locker room. Like I didn't think Zach Randall was a bad pickup. I didn't think Vince Carter was a bad pickup. I still would have fucking loved Vince Carter this season. I'm so upset we didn't get Vince Carter. And then when he went to fucking Atlanta of all places, but yeah, that's one of my favorite players of all time. That's Tom Mobile. Um Again, George Hill wasn't a bad pick of unless it was a bad signing we saw for George Hill. Like, why the fuck would you go sign in Sacramento at the time when we well, looked I mean, at it? But now you look at it, oh, George had a bad, you know, bad season. My I mean, it was, but at the time, it, it was, but the twenty million dollars though, that's a that's why that's a lot because of because of the money. But I'm saying, if you look at it, if you look at George Hill at the time. He was coming away. He was in Utah the year before, right? Yeah. And they he didn't was want him. That's All-Star. why they, they traded for Rubio. So he right. Didn't really... But he was coming off a good year. Couldn't get what he wanted. He went to the team that paid him the most money. He ended up going to Utah. I mean, uh, going to Sacramento. And look, as I recall, Sacramento, Sacramento. As I recall, he was he was coming off his one of his best years, but he was hurt. So it was like yes. he put up great numbers yes. when he yes. wasn't hurt, but he was hurt all the fucking time that year. He only played like yes, maybe yeah. 50 games, if, if that. Right. Um, but he did but play in those good 50 when games, he, he balled the fuck out, that's for sure. He sure did. That's probably the best I've seen him play, which I was like completely shocked. And then he went into a contract year, like you said, he was injured and Look, Sacramento was Sacramento before Scott Perry. Sacramento is still Sacramento without Scott Perry now. And That's the fact that this is a news topic is, is ridiculous. <laughs> well, fair enough. Um, I mean, I, you know, I felt like you might just want to talk about your GM. <laughs> um, what? But, uh, Nick found it so anyway. heartbroken there. Like, uh, <laughs> all good, oh, whatever. Man, you know? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I like to talk about my GM. Yeah. I don't like to talk about GM sometimes. Um, like, this is really on the topic. <laughs> we can talk to you all day if you guys really want to talk to GM. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you can. Um, yeah, I'm sure you can, Luke. 
you fucking homer, shut up. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already catching shit from Joel for this fucking topic that you came up with, you bastard. Um, but uh, anyway. Oh, um, this guy has a joke because no love Luke for the whole 2018-19 season. I don't care what the Knicks do. I hope you guys all flop and you don't get covered. <laughs> I hate that. Hearing that he wants the lead to come play for the Mecca. Guess what? He does play in the Garden. Right now, it's the Boston Garden, the TV Garden. So he, he already played. Boston yeah, Garden. Yeah. Boston Boo. Garden. Go away. Go away. That was trash, Luke. That was trash. Boo. That was so trash. Boo. All right. All right, Juwan. <laughs> He's going to look green. Before we, before we run out of any more time, uh, uh, just your general thoughts on Scott Perry. Uh, I'm completely fine with Scott Perry. I'm going to be completely honest heading into – this season, I'm feeling just as, I don't want to say, like, motivated or hyped. So I'm feeling really good about this season. Joel, I feel as though he can be as good as the guy that the Knicks had the year Melo got that measly one MVP vote. Uh, I thought that guy was a genius behind constructing that veteran-based team uh, for the Knicks before Dolan screwed him out, out of town. Um, but I mean, I the guy that drafted, this, I mean, that traded for uh, Barnani, that guy. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> we're talking about that, that good playoff run year. Um, but All no, right. seriously. Um, the, the, the biggest thing with the Knicks that year was from GM to coaching to players. Uh, everything just worked. And Dolan was somewhat out of the way that season. I think if Dolan is out of the way, which it seems like he is, he could care less about what the Knicks are doing more about his music. Uh, they have the right coach. It seems like Weird they have enough. a really good GM. Um, this Knicks team, like I said, can, if, if, if everyone stays healthy, uh, can play really good uh, and meaningful uh, basketball games. Uh, so I'm completely fine with, with our GM. I love the draft pick. Um, I, I just, I'm really excited to see what the, the Knicks can do this year. And then I'm really looking forward to judging what he's able to do next year when the expectations are through the roof for as far as what the Knicks are able to do and should be able to do going forward. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be the key is what happens next season. Cause everybody like regardless of Kyrie or anything, you know, they're like the Knicks are going to have max dollar money to sign somebody and to make another key draft pick and, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of finally – Kristoff should be healthy. And, I mean, that's going to be the key. It's like next season is, is do or die, boom or bust. Like that is where all of Knicks fans should be looking. And, Nick, I mean, I, I – yeah. I will say this. One thing I – did hear, I meant to say this earlier, Joel, is uh, I was listening to someone today, and they were saying, um, like, I hear everyone talking about Jimmy Butler and Kyrie to the, to the Knicks possibly, or maybe even Kawhi Leonard. A move in a player that they said to look out for, uh, that if he can rebound this season, is definitely somebody that will probably end up in the Knicks' lap. Because the guy was saying that Kyrie will probably stay in Boston, Jimmy Butler will probably find a way to go somewhere else. Uh, they were saying, and I wasn't totally against it, they were like, DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that could end up in the Knicks' lap, uh, a guy that you can pair next to Chris Stops, who will be fully healthy next year, 
um, is a guy that could land in the Knicks' lap. Uh, And I'm not completely against it, mainly because I kind of feel like if Kyrie may stay in Boston, and if he does and we can't get Butler or Kawhi, DeMarcus Cousins is not a horrible guy to get. You just can't overpay him. And that's what I'm looking uh, looking to see if the Knicks end up doing. If they can't get these big names, are they going to be the typical Knicks and overpay somebody, or are we going to make smarter decisions? I I would if I was the Knicks, I wouldn't I wouldn't go for it. <laughs> I w- I mean, uh, I mean, you got Mitchell Robinson. Um, you're probably going to like have the opportunity at least to bring back uh, Cantor. Um, I don't know if I would. And, I mean, I, well, I'm not saying – yeah, I was going to say, I'm not saying you pay him what he's making now. You pay him reasonable, right. like, backup money. You know, you pay him $8 million a season or whatever. Like, what What a right. uh, a really good rebounding guy who can score and plays right. zero defense. Like, literally, I watched a video <laughs> of him the other day of a camp he was doing, and, like, mm-hmm. this, this little kid, like, dribbled – underneath him, like, right in between his legs, and then went and, like, laid it up and made a layup. And, and like, he was just like, damn. <laughs> and it was – and he even said, like, he was like, man, my comment section was all about, like, bro, you, you don't play defense. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, at least he got a laugh about it. Um, apparently, that is the the go-to for any comment section pertaining to Inez Cantor. Um, regardless of what it is pertaining to, um, like he, he was like uh, I talking about. Uh, by the way, I saw this. Y'all should go check it out. Uh, NBA desktop uh, on the Ringer. Uh, Jason Concepcion hosts a show called NBA Desktop. It is bar none the best five to seven or eight minute um, NBA uh, tidbit. Uh, show that you're going to get. It's fucking hilarious. Um, but, like, they, yeah, he was interviewing in his cancer, and he was just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I could I could post anything, and people would be like, yeah, like, he was posting a, a, a pic of him working on three-point shooting, and they were like, Yo, yeah, quit working on three-point shooting and, like, fucking work on your goddamn defense. <laughs> you know what the um, problem with Canner is, man? Even when he tries, yeah. if you watch his workout videos, he's just naturally slow. Like, I see him working yeah. on his agility. He just, his lateral movements is not, it's just physically yeah. not there. I feel bad the there's not much else he could do, you know? <laughs> He's limited. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much what it boils down to. By the way, also, Ines Cantor does not cuss. Um, fun fact of the night. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, yeah, doesn't. Not, not about it. And, uh, you know, it was funny because, like, he said it on the show. Like, Jason Concepcion was like, hey, like, teach me cuss words in Turkish. And he was like, dude, I don't cuss. <laughs> um, and uh, so, basically, um, you know, I was, like, you know, like thinking in my head, I was like, wait, 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 like, I'm sure he's fucking, like, said some shit about LeBron at some point and cuss. And I was just like, no, like, he, like, not that I can really think of. Like, he was like, you know, he had that spiel about, like, uh, you know, prince, queen, king, whatever you want to call him, you know, like that yeah, thing. Yeah. But, like, yeah, but, I mean, he never comes out. A shit talker like, oh. that doesn't curse. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, my my point is this: I I don't I don't think, um, 
I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is like a needle mover. And yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll, he, he could be like, that is, that is the actual time frame, like a year and a half um, to two years is like when you actually like fully recover from an Achilles tear. But like, but that's the thing nobody really ever fully recovers from an Achilles there like Dominique Wilkins was the only guy to ever really do it who was a superstar so um yeah I don't I don't know Juwan I I gotta uh, that, that, that I feel like somebody's gonna offer him more money and I wouldn't offer him whatever money that somebody is gonna offer him I feel like he's gonna go back to Sacramento uh, honestly I feel like he's gonna win a championship and um uh, you know, um, Golden State, and then he's going to be like, yo, um, give me my max contract, Sacramento, and Sacramento will be like, gladly, because you're DeMarcus well, Cousins. <laughs> we love you. Let's not, rule out. Not, Let's not rule out. That's where he'll we go. Just talked about, we just talked about how desperate the Nets can be if they strike out on, on the three big uh, marquee names that we brought up. I mean, yeah, I could but, see them, them wanting to get DeMarcus and maybe Kimball Walker pair those two up. Sure, um, and that might be something that that ultimately, you know, really attracts Cousins. Uh, but I think there will be, like, if he wins a championship and has the opportunity to go back to the city that he, like, loves, like, he loves Sacramento. He fucking loves Sacramento. And, and, and Cousins is not the guy who really cares about markets. Like, he's just not, that's not... Like there, ninety percent of guys in the league do. Cousins is not one of those guys, and I don't know. I I I will be. I, I would place really high odds that he'll he will be a Sacramento King next year, um, because they don't really have any like centers on their roster that you know are, are mainstays. Like Willie Cauley Stein, he's expiring. I don't see him. You know being a fixture in their future, um, you know, Costas Kufus, Zach Randolph, um, none of those guys. And, like, if you had if you had Cousins um, and Beasley, uh, not Beasley, um, Bagley and then Giles, and you could rotate those three guys, like, that, you know, that, at least you got your front court set up, and then you, you know, figure out everything else from there. But, um no, I don't know. I I could see that happening, but uh, I don't know. I'm not um not a fan of the uh, of the Knicks Knicks pick there. Um, but anyway, um, let's move on. Kevin Knox had some choice words um, as it pertained to uh, Carmelo Anthony. So just to give context, he was uh watching there's a video online of Melo going uh, one-on-one against Brandon Jennings and Stanley Johnson and just roasting them. Now, granted, he was getting roasted on the other end, too. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't know if y'all seen the video, but, like, um, Stanley Johnson and Brandon Jennings were not having any trouble whatsoever getting buckets against him. Um, But he was draining all kinds of buckets against them. And so, essentially, uh, Kevin Knox um, wrote, uh, Mello win MVP if he played like this every season. Now, that could be perceived in, in, in pretty much one of two ways. Um, 
you know, maybe he's saying that um, Melo has the skills and the talent to, to, you know, be a dominant player yet still in this league. And yet again, maybe he's saying that Melo has only this kind of effort when it comes to playing one-on-one basketball and, and doesn't buy into team ball and I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of uh, interpretation for that. Um, but uh, Luke, what are your thoughts on this? And do you think uh, do you think this is props or maybe a little shade from uh, from Kevin Knox to Mella? I feel like it's not props, but he might have mentioned it. But it's a rookie, like a <laughs> a kid coming into the league that's on your old team and saying that I mean I will I will say in the video it did go both ways. He was working them but like you said it, it I mean Kamala Anthony does play defense. But uh maybe you just you know implying like, yo dude, where was this during the season? Like people said you couldn't shoot and you can't make buckets anymore and it feels like every summer we there's like a Carmelo Anthony that oh you remember hoodie hoodie Anthony last year he was always wearing the hoodie. And all Putty that, mellow. he was like, work. Hoodie Mellow. I, I call him Hoodie Anthony. <laughs> Hoodie Mellow. Yeah, <laughs> you can play on his team, 2K. You can have a 2K team with Hoodie Mellow. So, I just feel like <laughs> during the summer, he always balls out. Like, he always does a thing, and it's just like, dude, in the regular season, A, you tire out, you just run out, and you're just done. So, you kind of need to take a backseat role, which is not a disrespect, man. It's, it's just honest truth. There's a lot of games this season. You want to help out a team when they mean it. Your legs just don't have it there anymore. You did a lot for a lot of teams and, and all that. and so, But I think it's still a diss just because he's a rookie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly feel like if it is a diss, it should be even more like, you're a rookie, bro. Like, prove yourself before you're going to fucking go out there and diss a guy who's a fucking Hall of Famer, um, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want to believe it. He meant it with the best of intentions. And, like, maybe this is just me because, you know, I say shit all the time that I, like, have the best of intentions behind it. And then it comes across as not being that way. And, you know, and it's like when – somebody else points out to me a way they perceived it, I go back and, like, either analyze what I said or look at something that I wrote, and I'm like, oh, okay, I could see how you would see it that way, but I didn't mean it that way. Like, so I'm giving I'm, – I'm legit giving Knox the benefit of the doubt here. I think he was like, like, this motherfucker – like, look at him right now. Like, look at him. He is MVP caliber player. Like, this – like, this dude can ball. Like, anybody who thinks he can't ball, like, watch this video. Like, if, if he played like this, like, in the season, like, he'd be fucking MVP, man. Um, like, but that's where the – that's where the the little nuance of possible shade comes in. It's like, where are you saying? Like, I don't play like this during the season? Like, what are you trying to say, bro? Um, I don't know. I, I don't I, – I, so ultimately, Luke, I kind of agree with you. I think it's a little bit of shade, but unintended shade. Like, he wasn't trying to throw it at him. But inevitably, 
it kind of comes across that way. Um, but anyway, Joel, what are your thoughts on Knox's statement on Mella? Uh, I think you're, I think I agree with you. I think it's a, it was it's a, it came off as a subtle jab. I don't know if he actually meant it that way. He may have actually meant it the other way, and it just didn't come off that way. I don't know for sure. Uh, it's not as blatant as like when Marcus Morris was a fucking rookie and said, uh, "Yeah, I'm like Melo, except I, I play defense." Like legit, that was a shade thrown at Matt Carmelo in his rookie year. Uh, this dude didn't play a game yet when he said that. Um, now that was legit shade. Now it didn't come off that way as, uh, you know, direct. It was very, uh, yeah. If he played like this every day, he'd be MVP. But like what what Luke was just saying, he does every summer. He plays just like that. Hoodie <laughs> Melo is legit. Unfortunately, he can't wear a hoodie during games, so it's not as legit in the during the regular season. <laughs> um, and that's where things, you know, tend to fall off a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I don't take it as seriously. Uh, maybe he – I'm not really sure. I, I took it as – it kind of comes off a little shady, but it was – I don't he, – he's also a rookie, so I don't know exactly what he actually meant. I don't know him well enough to make that similar. Yeah, and I think that – that kind of is, is why I feel like we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, we don't we don't have a real – perception uh, uh, or I mean I guess nevertheless yeah it would still be a perception but like a like an educated perception of who this guy is yet we haven't we haven't seen him in like interviews really and like I mean I feel like Luke I feel like you probably would know him better than any of us because being a, a you know guy who follows Kentucky um, but even still like I mean how many how many sideline interviews do you get you know, in a 30-game season of Kevin Knox. Yeah, I mean, it it just doesn't seem like we, we don't really know this guy yet. So um, it, it would be a lot easier if the statement was more definitive, like you said, Joel, with uh, with Marcus Morris, um, or if, um, you know, we actually knew this guy's personality and we could, you know, make um, educated guesses about, a statement based on what other things we had heard from him. Um, but it's really hard to do any of that with what little information we have. Um, but, uh, Juwan, um, you know, when you saw this, um, you know, do, do you think it's a diss or do you just dismiss it as, you know, uh, him being a rookie and he was just trying to give props but um, maybe maybe didn't go about it in the best way possible? Uh, it definitely wasn't a diss. Uh, only issue I have with it is Melo did play like this uh, in a season, and he only got one MVP vote. So and he shouldn't have even got that played one. Like that, uh, that is disrespectful. <laughs> that is completely disrespectful. Uh, the only reason he got that MVP vote was because it came from a writer in Boston, and we all Nick, know how much Nick, writers Mello, in Boston – Hated LeBron James at no. the time. LeBron James should have been the unanimous MVP that year. No, no, nope, I disagree. No, no, no. <laughs> Melo should have had a few more votes than the one that he had. Everyone Puppet, knows drop that. Your fucking Everyone call. knows that. Everyone <laughs> knows that. Melo balled his life out that year. Luke, and, Joel, you're Luke, with this. He was going to ask Luke. that year. Yeah, I want to ask Luke. Luke, um, it, that year, uh, would you have voted uh, for uh, Melo as MVP or LeBron? 
Melo, I hated LeBron. I, I, dude, that was in my prime. <laughs> no, 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 I I point. The same I thing. The same to. thing was true with the boss. The one Boston writer who fucking voted for Carmelo Anthony. Like it's fucking bullshit. Carmelo Anthony should not have gotten one first place vote that year. <laughs> okay. Well, that's disrespectful, and I kind of feel like you didn't watch Nick games if, if you feel that strongly. Um, but didn't. no, I I don't. Yeah, you obviously didn't. But no, I I don't take it as a diss at all. I mean, everyone knows that if Melo. Well, not enough that if you don't think he deserved a vote. I'm like, not saying I mean, he I didn't deserve he MVP votes. I'm saying he didn't deserve a first-place vote over LeBron James that year. That was probably the single best season LeBron James has ever had in his whole fucking career. Nick, and, like, he's the second-greatest player of all time. Career. You could have said oh, that yeah, one better. Yeah, the greatest players of all time. Is he, is he even in the nah, top I'm 50? Not. I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. He might be in the top 50. Might be. 50? But Mello's you got to question it. I would right? say maybe yeah, top it, 50 it, for sure, right? Yeah, maybe. Mello should be in top 50. Maybe. Nick, so. well, like, I would think so. This isn't, it's not a conversation of career. It's a conversation of season. And Melo no, had right. a great but that was season best for Carmelo season. He finished... He finished second in Defensive Player of the Year voting that season. You could have said that was Melo's best season. He has not had a season like that since. It was Melo's best season. But but come on, man. Like, what do you think? But, Juwan, that is my point. My point is that that's why I brought up, like, like, where does he rank in the greatest players of all time? Because, to me, that is LeBron James. That That is the second best player in the history of the sport. Best season, and you're talking about the 50th best player's best season. It doesn't even fucking come close, bro. Like, LeBron James was clearly the MVP this year, that year, and everybody except for one voter understood that, and the only reason that one voter did not understand that was because he was a Boston writer who hated LeBron, just like Luke hated LeBron back then. Melo probably should have been rookie of the year, too, if you want to get technical, but that's just me. All I'm saying is, time out, all I'm saying Uh, is, if you watch that that, season, I could actually actually give you that sooner than I could even concede to what Juwan said. In that season, in that season, even if you looked at it, going head-to-head, Knicks versus Heat, Melo bested the Heat in that series uh, in, in the in the course of the four times or however many times that they played that year. And everyone, I mean everyone, felt as though the Knicks could give Miami a run for their money if they had met in the Eastern Conference uh, But they uh, didn't because they lost but to they the fucking Pacers. They ran into the Pacers. They ran yeah, into the, I, I agree, Rob, but that Knicks, team, that Knicks team lost <laughs> so much. Like Jason Kidd couldn't hit a shot to save him life. J.R. Smith obviously lost his soul in a nightclub somewhere. Kidd, you take that back. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying in the course of the playoffs, the guy couldn't yeah, hit a shot. It was just like Jason. Know, like, come on, man. Well, they all ran and out of gas. And J.R. Smith they lost his soul. That's, That's all happened. I'm saying. All the old what guys I'm saying got is old real quick. <laughs> <laughs> they got old real quick. You can't look at that season and, and go, nah, whatever. It was a whatever 
Anderson from Alabama. It was definitely up there, if not it's not what I'm saying. Of his career. I'm just not what I'm fucking saying, though, bro. I'm just saying that, like, if you're going to compare the greatest or second greatest, in my opinion, player who's ever fucking played the game, it was his best season. Wait, like, offensive and defensively, that was his best season. And then you're comparing it to the 50th or so best player, his best season. Like, how do you even – how do you bridge Does that Michael gap? Jordan I don't understand Does Michael Jordan have no, a unanimous MVP? Does Michael Jordan have a unanimous MVP? No, Steph Curry was the first person. Then LeBron doesn't need one. If my yeah, doesn't have one, I'm LeBron not, James doesn't need one. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But that's a there, that's a whole other argument because Michael should have had one too. I'm not saying that LeBron should have been. Yeah, honestly, yeah, he should he should have <laughs> probably like he probably should have had like seven. <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> But that's the way the MVP goes, you know. But, like, nevertheless, I'm just saying, like, um, yeah, LeBron should have should, should have been the unanimous MVP that year. And the only reason that he didn't was because there was a petty writer in Boston. And the reason that Steph Curry won the unanimous MVP that year that. was because he was everybody's darling then. Everybody loved Steph Curry. What I'm saying is you can't chalk it up to that. What if that reporter actually thought Melo deserved to be an MVP that year? It was a great year ain't, for Melo and ain't no, Ain't no motherfucking way a fucking Boston writer legitimately thinks a fucking star for the New York Knicks deserves shit. <laughs> like, ain't he no fucking way, bro. Four games. The Knicks, a team that was feeding it throughout – Throughout Melo's time there, Melo got them four wins. They have not done it since or before no. then. And you're telling because me you don't think that Melo. LeBron, oh, LeBron really finished wasn't. second in defensive player of the year voting that year. Like, come on, bro. Like, okay, so then give him that. Give him well, unanimous defensive Mello player of the year. Melo led in scoring that year, I believe, too, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I think so, yeah. Yeah. He did. So, come on, man. Come on. I'm sure. Just completely I, don't, I don't know the Mello. exact numbers, but I'm pretty sure LeBron was more efficient. Um, he definitely had more assists. Oh, my sure God. he had more rebounds. I'll, I'll give you that. Every right. year he did. <laughs> yeah. More so, steals, you know, more blocks. You know, it's going to be how it is. Everything. So, <laughs> Probably had a I'm better field goal percentage, more than likely. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Melo might have had a better three-point percentage that year, though. Yeah, I bet, I bet sure. you Melo got him beat there because <laughs> LeBron's always kind of been a little shaky from the free throw line. She had to hover around 75% career. Um, but uh, anyway, we're we're getting way the fuck off track here, at per usual. Um, anyway, um, any any final thoughts, Juan, on um, Kevin Knox, Melo, um, any of that? Yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope I hope Kevin Knox. Gets an MVP vote this year, Nick. <laughs> well, uh, I doubt that'll happen, but maybe he'll get a Rookie of the Year vote. So there you go. I'll take um, it. I'll take it. Yeah, I hope so. There you go. <laughs> um, I almost like I was I was teetering uh, on having him be my Rookie of the Year. Um, I was right there with it. Um, I went back and forth, uh, but anyway. Uh, I forget who I even went with. It wasn't him. It was somebody else. Luke, who did I go with? Do you remember? 
I went with Colin Sexton. You went with Luka Doncic. That's right. Yeah, Doncic. Yeah, of course I went with Doncic. Why wouldn't I go with Doncic? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, I I, I I had myself on mute, but I was answering that myself. I was like, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Now what are you gonna do? Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's move on. Uh, Tristan Thompson reportedly uh, did what apparently Jawan would like to do to me right now. He punched Draymond Green in the fucking face <laughs> at a private party in Los Angeles. Um, Basically, let me set this up a little bit. So, of course, we all remember Draymond Green talking mad shit to Tristan. They kind of got into it on the court. And Tristan said, you know, like, you know, come meet me out at the buses or some shit like that. And so Draymond went and, you know, he talked um, to a reporter and he said, like, brought it up and said that Tristan had said that and was like, man, I ain't going to go meet him out at the buses. Like, that's how you get suspended. Like, that's fucking stupid. But, you know, like, we got a whole off season. If, if he wants to find me, like, he can find me. Trust me. Like, I ain't, I ain't fucking, I ain't hiding. Like, I'm out of here. Like, come get me. Um, so, anyway, they, you know, at this, uh, at this uh, rendezvous, uh, I think LeBron was there. Curry was there. Some other NBA players there. I think it was like a LeBron event, um, which is why there's no video of this. Um, LeBron, like, private parties, like, all the cell phones, like, get taken at the door type of shit. Um, So there's no video of it. Um, So all we're dealing with is kind of speculative reporting. Uh, But if you believe said speculative reporting, apparently what had happened was Draymond Green came up to Tristan and kind of gave him a uh, what we like to call down here in the south as a um, oh fuck what's the term for it it's a like a like a backwards hand apology I know I'm not saying this exactly correct so southerners don't crucify me um, but like essentially he gave him a a an apology, but it wasn't really an apology. And basically, he said, like, come on, bro, you ain't so mad about that, are you? Um, which, man, like, to me, like, if you're going to approach me and, and like, after calling me out and saying, come, like, come at me whenever, like, whenever, um, you know, in the off season. Uh, and then come up to me and say, hey, you ain't so mad about that, man. Like, come on. Like, it, it sounds to me like Draymond had a few drinks and said, oh, I'm going to go talk to Tristan and it'll be all good. And he's like, oh, bro, you ain't so mad about that shit, are you? Come on, man. Ain't no thing. And, like, you know, Tristan was like, nah, it is. I'm still fucking pissed at you. Get out my face. And, you know, Draymond probably was like, come on, dude. It ain't a fucking – it's not, like – Think of what, what do you want me to say, man? Like, and Tristan was just like, all right, fuck it, and just fucking punched the motherfucker. He was like, I'm done. Like, um, I, as far as I have read and and seen uh, from various videos that I've watched, that seems to be the the chain of events that went down, um, as as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, like you read any one report, it's it's different than the next one. 
But combining them all together, that's the the narrative that I have constructed in my head as far as everything is concerned. Um, nevertheless, uh, whose side are you on in this matter? You you, you team Green or you team Tristan? Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm I'm I'm. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I'm fucking Team Tristan on this one. Like, like you fucking dog me, then you call me out, then you try to come up to me and give me a bullshit apology, and then like, y- y- like you, y- like you can tell that I'm annoyed, and you, so you like persist and try to pester with the apology. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna, fuck it. I'm just gonna punch you. Like, I don't give a shit. Now, apparently, uh. The punch w- was not enough to to lay Draymond out. He didn't even fall over. Um, and 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 from what I heard, like everything was split up. Like they people saw it starting to happen. They saw the punch. They split it up quickly. Like so, no no like real fight occurred. Um, but like no, nah, I'm I'm Team Tristan on this one. Like you you you've like it's like I gave you three strikes, and you hit all three strikes, and then I even gave you a fourth one, and you fucking kept on, and it's like. Man, you just, you just fuck, fuck you. Quit pushing me. I'm fuck you. I'm gonna punch you. Like I'm done. Um, let me pass it to you, Luke. How do you see this whole situation? You team Draymond or are you team Tristan on this one? No, I, I, I'm team Tristan all the way. I' not the biggest fan of Draymond Green. Uh, I, I'm not saying he's a bad player at all. I just think he just has that attitude and. Like you said, uh, he kind of disrespected him a couple of times, so what would you expect from me? And I actually kind of read that uh, he just punched him right after he initially gave him that half-ass, like, apology. Tristan just was like, oh, wait, you just said I wouldn't ever punch you? And, but I only want to give him, like, half of it because you didn't knock him on the ground, which is just like, man, that's just a pathetic punch. Well, maybe Trayvon you just jabbed him. So much that's, see, that's how you I have it in my head. You don't jab a man. You, you throw it a punch, you should just throw the haymaker and knock him out. <laughs> I mean, you're going to do that. Draymond now, Draymond's taking you know why? way and saying that Luke, it never happened. You know, you know why you should throw the haymaker? Because mama said knock you out. That's why. Like, you got to knock him out, bro. Like, you got to oh, fucking yeah. do it. You got to come with it. You can't it. just punch him and he just takes it like a man. He probably laughs. But Draymond trying to, like, not make situations worse. He's probably like, man, I'm at a LeBron event. You know your role real quick. But I'm surprised afterwards he's kind of been playing it off like, no, nah, it never really happened. Y'all can take your parade and all that. And, and all. But I'm surprised he's just like, that punch was pathetic, man. But, you know, he, he's kind of laying it to almost to rest and all that. But I love it how Cleveland fans want to throw a parade right now. I go to that parade just because I don't like Draymond Green. Like, I, I, when Harden dumps on him, during the playoffs, I bought that poster. I bought that poster and Jason Tatum's poster <laughs> dunking on LeBron. That, like, those are the best. Like, I was so hyped up because, like, dude, I'm just, I don't know. I, like, don't get me wrong. He's a great player. He's he's good and all that. It's just, it's, it's his attitude and it just, he he's not on my team. So, it, I, like, he's just a villain. And, and yeah, I, no, I love Draymond Green. I really do. I'm I'm a big fucking fan of Draymond. I have been for a long time. Like I'm I'm a big fan of all of the Warriors individually, 
except for Kevin Durant. And I used to be a fan of Kevin Durant. I'm just not anymore for obvious reasons. Um, Joel, I know you're with me on that one. Um, But, like, I'm a big fan of Draymond Green. I just think, like, like, dude, don't – like, I feel like he had to be – I feel like, again, he was just pushing the envelope when he didn't need to be. And it's like even somebody I really like, like, we all got that one friend who always wants to push people's buttons. And it's like we love them, but, like, they constantly push people's buttons. And it's like when shit, like, happens and somebody's button gets pushed and then shit happens and, like, yo, why didn't you have my back? It's like, well, motherfucker, quit pushing people's buttons, bro. Like, I fucking watched you fucking do it, like, for two weeks to this motherfucker, and then finally, like, they fucking punch you. Like, you fucking deserve to get punched right in the face. And that's how I feel about Draymond Green. Like, you, like, shit, bro. Like, why are you going up offering a half-ass apology um, when you don't really mean it? Like, you just fucking don't even go up to him. Just fucking steer clear of him. Or, if you want to go up to him, like, you know, offer a fucking genuine, sincere apology. Um, other than that, like, don't, don't fucking, don't fucking worry about it. Like, just, just don't make the situation any worse. Um, so, that, I mean, that's just the way I feel about it. But anyway, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on the matter? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm team Tristan. Uh, I'm very, I echo a lot of what you guys are just saying. Like, I don't like him as, like, he's a dick. And, like, when I first heard that he punched him, I'm like, well, he probably deserved it. No, I kind of know he deserved it. Cause, he talks a lot of shit, and he kind of belittles him throughout most of those playoffs and after um, a lot. <laughs> so for a man to take that much bullshit and then for you, and I heard he was taunting him at that party, and I actually didn't, I heard it wasn't really a punch. It was more like a smush. <laughs> it's like a, a face smush type of thing. Um, but whatever. I mean, he deserved every fucking smush and punch he usually gets because if you talk all that shit, you're going to get swung out at some point. So you ask for it. Right. Yeah, that's the that's the way the cornbread crumbles, um, and and you know what? Again, I want to I want to kind of echo this. Like, you know, I said I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, of Draymond Green. I am, um, and I don't like Tristan Thompson. Like, I don't like a dude who like who's like fucking like has a fucking child on the way and is like fucking around with his woman with every fucking chick that he can find. Like, I fucking despise that. I think it's fucking, like, like, dirt, yeah. like, I, I, yeah, it's just, like, that's what I mean, like, solo, it's like fucking dirt, you know, um, so, like, I, you know, I don't like Tristan Thompson, um, but it doesn't mean that, like, in this particular situation, I can't fucking look at it and be like, he's in the right, though, like, that's just the way it is, um, and that's just how I see it, uh, but anyway, Juwan, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this whole shindig well i'm team draymond uh mainly because whatever he of course whatever he said get over it tristan i tell you what whatever draymond said is nowhere near as bad as what kevin garnett said to Mello when he told Mello that his wife tasted like honey nut cheerios that is that was why Mello was at the the celtics team bus hoodied up ready to fight garnett and, and just put throw his whole season away. He was ready to completely throw his whole season away to fight Garnett. That was being real tough. 
Tristan is well, just mad because he just Draymond probably threw his marriage away. Go ahead, I'm sorry. A couple years later. Say it again? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot said, there's a lot behind why <laughs> Never mind. There's Go a ahead. lot behind why uh no no no. There's a lot behind why Garnett made that statement. Uh it, it was rumored that Lala was kinda like messing around or whatever like that. Um and Garnett was trying to fuel that, that fire of Mello's insecurity. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's yeah. why it only further upset Mello. Um, but whatever Draymond said, I'm sure it wasn't that bad, like mellow Garnett bad. Get over it. And everyone that keeps saying that, like, Draymond probably didn't have to, well, what people forget is Draymond and LeBron have very disgustingly uh, become really close, um, you know, o- over the past few years. So I'm pretty sure because Durant is, you know, obviously friends with Draymond and LeBron is friends with Draymond, that LeBron probably told him, like, hey, like, go – Go apologize. Like, go say sorry for like this night isn't uncomfortable. Um, and then Draymond probably went up. Like, we know Draymond. He probably didn't feel the need to apologize. So he probably was like, sorry, man. And then Tristan was like, man, that ain't no real apology. And Draymond was like, that's all I got. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't even want to do it quickly. So that's probably what got him punched in the face. Uh, I can see that a lot more than Draymond. Just going, oh, you know what? I want to apologize to Tristan. Like, you had a full yeah. off-season to do. I like this. Why now are you wanting to I really – I like um, it. I, I agree. I love it. That's a that's a great NBA conspiracy theory. That is fucking legit as shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it went down, though. <laughs> that is probably exactly how it went down. As soon as I heard this story and everyone kept saying, like, you know, like, why did Draymond go up? I'm like – I doubt he did. As soon as I heard Durant and LeBron were there and LeBron was hosting it, I was like, LeBron probably went up to him and was like, yo, I don't want this night to be uncomfortable. Go apologize. And Draymond was like, hmm. man. And then he just went up and was like, sorry, Tristan. Tristan was like, that ain't no apology. That's all I got, man. I didn't even want to do it in the first place. And Tristan probably got angry and probably mushed him in the face. That's probably exactly what happened. But I, I'm only seeing Draymond because of the fact of Tristan it probably wasn't all that serious. It's in the moment of the NBA Finals. You got to get over it, man. I was like, I, I want to say months ago, but it's yeah, but, like last. But it's like uh, two months. No, but it's like Joel said. Continue. He continued talking shit about him afterwards in the parade yeah. when he yeah, was like but, drunk on Hennessy. Uh, yeah. He was like, "We ain't cut but, from the same cloth, motherfucker." Let me say, like, let me say this: If the Cavaliers <laughs> had cloth. come back, if the Cavaliers had come back and won that series. Tristan would have been saying the exact same thing about Draymond on the parade. So let, let's not act like Tristan's on this huge moral high ground. Yeah, I, I don't. I can I don't, almost guarantee I don't know about you, that. with everything that they're yeah. saying Draymond said to they're him in the course the of, because <laughs> Tristan is weak, obviously. But no, I. Yeah, well, exactly. The point of I don't Draymond, believe they're the same person. Draymond well, talks. I will, I will That's give what you he this. does. Get over it. I will give you this. Um, I feel like the Warriors. Um, have lived it up the last two years after losing a 3-1 lead and having the Cavs, you know, show up, or at least LeBron. I think it, I don't think it was the Cavs' whole team, but it, LeBron, like, wearing the ultimate warrior shirt, you know, and all that shit. Like, yeah. that was some silent shade thrown at them, and it was, it was shade without saying anything. And I think they've heavily resented that and, and kind of tried to take it out on the whole Cavs team. And I think they've relished in the opportunity um, with KD, um, the the game oh, yeah. changer, the That's tie a... changer. Um, and and they've loved right it, there. you know? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. listen, if you, you know. go by if you go by what um what Shannon Sharp keeps preaching, 
Draymond was so heartbroken that they lost that series. He called Durant and said, come play with me so I don't have to face LeBron, uh, you know, without, like, a neutralizer like you anymore. Uh, that's what Shannon I, Sharp keeps saying. That's what I Shannon mean, they Sharp were, keeps saying. Uh, but, I mean, from, from the reports I've heard, they were talking before that. So, yeah, I do not, I yeah, do yeah, not yeah. doubt that whatsoever. But, like I said, yeah. I, I'm definitely I, team Draymond only because – I'm I'm team Draymond mainly because it's not like Draymond just did this out of nowhere. Like Draymond has been this consistent guy that talks smack, does not care about your feelings for years now. That's who he is. Take it or leave it. If he offered you an apology, just know that's as good as you're gonna get. Even if you think it was it was just not the best of apologies. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I'm definitely team Draymond. Tristan definitely has to get thicker skin. Because uh, I saw Kim Kardashian diss him. So it's like if Kim can diss you, like, I should be able to diss you, man. Just, I mean, you're an idiot. So why not? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough. All I'm, right, glad, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad at least somebody took Draymond back in this whole ordeal. Yeah. Um, Someone needs the best friend. But, you could be his donkey. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Hey, I, I think, like I'm that, pretty though. sure. I'm pretty sure like he's that. donkey in that equation. Draymond got to be donkey, right? <laughs> Well, I'm just I saying, look at, I don't, look at the brother's teeth, man. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I guess if, if you look at it that way, sure. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Like, let's, let's not split hairs here. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Um, I want to talk about LeBron James and his school. So, LeBron James opened a public school for at-risk youths in Akron, Ohio. The school includes free tuition, free transportation within two miles, free uniforms, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, a food pantry for families in need, free bicycles for every student, and job placement services for parents. Um, this, this is some, like, and this is like an eight million dollar, I think, investment, um, or eighty million. Fuck, I can't remember. I, I didn't write that down. Um, but uh, it's a lot of money that lot. he's putting into this. <laughs> yeah, a lot of money. Um, granted, he's got a lot of money, but he ain't got. He can spend it any way he wants. He ain't got to spend it on anything like this. But he's choosing to, and he's choosing to invest back in the town where he grew up. Um, if like LeBron James has to be, at least in my opinion, uh, he's got to be the the most um, self-conscious, um, like, billionaire. I mean, I feel like if he's not a billionaire yet, he's well on the way to being a billionaire. Um, in, the, in the world, like, this dude constantly gives money to various charities. He starts his own charities. He's very, like, he's, he's very self-aware, and he's very aware of all of these different um, um, interests and, and, and things that he wants to achieve and things and ways that he wants to give back and, like, help people and, like, things that you just don't see and it begs the question to me, um, like, can 
and, and I know this is getting a little off topic with basketball, but like, can people who are like legitimately born with wealth understand and empathize and give back in the same way that like a man like LeBron James is doing with people who are just like versus people who are like, you know, born in LeBron's situation. Like they know what it's like growing up on the streets of Akron, you know, wondering like, you know, am I going to get to see my mom tonight? You know, like, I mean, maybe she's, she's working late and I'm going to have to go to sleep and I'm not, I don't even know if I'm going to see her. Um, like maybe I'm not going to get to eat a good meal tonight. Like all that kind of shit. Um, and it's really encouraging to see like now that he has ungodly amounts of money, he's like, you know what? Like I'm going to, I want to give back. I want to put this, put this money towards good use and, you know, like help people. And I just don't, I don't, I don't know if, if, people who at least don't grow up, not necessarily poor, but, like, maybe lower middle class to middle class. Like, I don't feel like people people who aren't legitimately, um, uh, we'll say, um, like, self-produced, for lack of the word that I'm looking for, um, they're... Like you don't get the same you don't get the same type of interaction, if you will, um, you know, that you do with people who who do really come from the salt of the earth, from the ground up, and make something, uh, are self-made. That's what I was looking for, um, like legitimately self-made, um, like a LeBron James. Um, but that's just kind of my thoughts. I just your thoughts in general, um, Joel, about you know. This this public school and and LeBron James kind of constant um, um, uh, philanthropic philanthropic uh, one or the other philanthropic um, one of those yeah maybe that one um, I think it was I think it was the second one I said um, but like you know his you know him being a philanthropist that one I know um, go ahead. I like it. I like it a lot. He like he knows what to do with his money. <laughs> like he he spends it well. Uh, and he's thinking about his future and the future of others. And he's a good representative to the people, uh, his own people and and his community and the NBA. Uh, and this is a good. This is just another sign of him doing it um, and giving back to his community. And he left to LA, but he's still looking out for his hometown, Akron. So. He still gave back to Ohio even after he left. He's never not going to be look after Ohio. It's, that's, that is the land. It's his land. It's his home, even if it's not right that's for the next four years. <laughs> um, it is what it is. He brought a, he brought them the championship, and he's just he is a different type of animal. I'll say that he 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 really wants to be more of a a, a line of what a Magic Johnson was, uh, more so than anybody else, and. Um, I think he's doing it. I think he will set the bar for what other NBA guys, well, maybe not everybody, but most NBA, NBA guys would like to be and uh, know what to do with their money in the future. Uh, so that's really all I, I, I took away from all this. I mean, it's really nice what he did for those kids and um, for that community. So 
I got to say, LeBron is, is uh, as much as I've uh, just liked him throughout his career at certain points and liked him in others, uh, I got to say, overall, he's, he's just been an all-around all good dude. He's never, he's never in any fucking trouble. Um, and the man's a, a, been a, a savvy businessman throughout, as you see with his uh, dealings in the NBA, all those damn one fucking year contracts or two year contracts or whatever. It is. So hmm. he's a smart dude and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I mean, he he's just, you know, despite anybody's feelings about him as far as a player um, or as far as his, his quote unquote, um, you know, like you said, like his one year deals or, um, you know, his, his savvy as far as basketball or his interactions with coaching or anything like that. Like just as a, a like as a basketball player, I could I could understand why you don't like him. As a human being, like the dude seems like one of the most legit stand up human beings that is out there. Um and like I said, by far like I I honestly can't think of a more stand up human being that has that kind of money um, to his name. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I think – I hope you're right. I hope he is setting the bar for future players. Um, like, you know, any anybody who kind of holds any sort of stature to him, um, it, it's going to be really hard to hold his stature. But, like, for anybody who holds a – close to that stature, um, for something for them to kind of – you know, look up to and, and maybe take a page out of his book here and there where they can. Um, because, um, the man's doing, for lack of a better word, he's doing the Lord's work. And that's, uh, that's something, something to be proud of and something to admire. Uh, but anyway, Juwan, um, what, you know, what did you think about, um, uh, LeBron, you know, opening the school? It's, it, these are goat moves, man. These are goat moves. I mean, every great athlete to me, uh, when you when you define their greatness, sure you can do it purely about what they do uh, on the on the court, but to me, it's just it, it's the overall. It's like what have you done for not only the game, uh, but what what are the things you did outside of LeBron doing things like this? This is huge. I mean, if I had a kid, I would move to Ohio like tomorrow. Uh, I mean, but this is just like, this is, this is greatness. Like, this is great. He even has on, on the wall as you go up the stairs, like, all of the, the shoes he's ever worn or like one of each of every shoe he's ever worn that they're going to auction off and then use the proceeds towards the, the kids in the school. Uh, also, he provided bikes with helmets so they can ride, you know, ride the bikes to, to school and everything. Just, and the, the programs that he had for the parents uh, for, for parents to kind of utilize. It's just, it's, it's a great move by him. Uh, it's something that I haven't seen any other NBA player do. I haven't seen any, anyone put their money back into a community on that scale. Uh, I mean, the guy just opened up a school, a school for kids. That's crazy. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it, it, it just, it speaks to the kind of guy that he is. Uh, so the point you made before, Nick, I don't think you have to you have to have lived there to be able to, or lived in it, to be able to properly uh, understand and, and be able to help. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, if you want to help, 
you would talk to the people. You would know the community. You would know what's going on, the people outside of the world that you're accustomed to. Uh, and if you're truly a great person that wants to help those in need, you would go out there, find out what you can do, find out what they're going through, what ways you can kind of help better the, the community or the situation. So it, it's all about learning. It, it's, it's all about learning. I mean, it's to a different degree, but I, I put it on the same level as when someone says, you can't talk to me about basketball. You've never played. It's like, no, that's not true. I mean, I don't know what it takes to, to put my body on the line every day. You're right. I, I've never done that, but I can analyze the game like my eyes work. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like if you want to know it, you know, bad enough, you just go and study it. You study it. You learn it uh, completely the top to bottom, figure out what you can do to, you know, to better it and everything. Sounds like you have to be from it to, to be able to help it or, or to truly understand it enough to, to properly help it. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Le, Le, LeBron, he's doing great things. And him being in L.A. with Magic, I don't think this is the last huge move like this we'll, we'll see from LeBron. Uh, I think him, uh, him learning from Magic, he'll definitely spit out of this, especially when he retires and probably do more great things like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I – I I definitely agree with you in that sense in your in your last comment, and I somewhat agree with you in your um, other comment about you know you don't have to be from it. I, it's just in my experience, like you know, it's it's I I feel like you know there it's just it's like Draymond said you you, know, you cut from a different cloth. Um, it's just people. People who don't know what it's like to to be hungry, or you know, at, at any point in your life, like you know, like it, it doesn't have to be when you're growing up. It can be when you, you know, decide to go out on your own, and and you know, you ain't got you know, mom and dad's money anymore, and and you know, like so you gotta fucking you know, you gotta fucking make do, you know, um, but like you know, it's not the same as you know, always having, you know, millions of dollars at your disposal. Like, you know, I mean, it's just not. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it, the, the, nine times, nine, 99 times out of 100, those people lack any amount of empathy. Um, they, and, and, and I'm not saying they lack sympathy. I'm not saying they don't sympathize with people. I think they just don't know what it's like to be in their shoes, and it makes it harder for them to, um, to to really have an invested interest in in doing what LeBron James is doing, right? And that's what I'm saying. If like if 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 you're trying to tell people like, oh, I have all these billions of dollars, but I still want to help the communities, it's the point of you don't have to know the you know what they're going through necessarily, you know, because obviously you didn't live through it. But your job is to now go out and find out, like, talk to people, uh, you know, see what's going on in, in those communities and situations, and then find out better ways to help. I think if you've lived through it, you've had your ear to the ground, you've had your thumb on the pulse, you've lived it, so you know exactly what to do when you get in the proper situation to help, uh, you know, the areas that you've come from. But I think if you've come from yeah, right. uh, a higher living, all you have to do is just go to the drive around and you can see 
what you can do to help. Like, if you drive around and you see, like, 30 people homeless, start there. And then from there, well, talk, get to know, find out yeah. things, and then, yeah. you know, you, you'll, you'll know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I, I think um, it, it's it's hard when, you, when you're only driving around the Hamptons. Um, just, you know. No, um, but wait, let, let me ask you. Are you, saying, are you saying it's hard for people with money to want to help uh, people in, in a uh, more worse situation than them? Or are you saying they don't, they don't know to help because they're not, like, they're not in those areas? Oh, no, no, no. They, I mean, hey, fuck you. I mean, you can read any sort of article and, and know that people out there need help. No, so I'm definitely not right. saying the latter. Um, am I, okay. I don't think I'm exactly saying the former either. I'm just saying if you can't, if you have no empathy, meaning you've walked a mile in their shoes, it's really hard for you to to take to have an invested interest in, you know, <laughs> in 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 you know wanting to change things, um, because it, like in in your in your bubble in your world, like everything's fine. So like, it, who gives a fuck about you know what everybody else is doing? I mean, you you mean you kind of chalk it up to well, you know, they work hard enough, they can fucking do whatever the fuck they you know they can earn this too, like. My my grandfather worked hard enough and, you know, left my dad with a shit ton of money and I got a shit ton of money. So, you know, you go work your ass off and you can leave your grandchildren with the same amount of money. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just, um, maybe I'm just uh, uh, biased and, and, and scorned and I don't know. Um, but nevertheless, uh, I don't know. I, I think there is there's something to be said about... Um, somebody who comes from nothing and makes everything and those are generally speaking the kind of people who actually put that money back you know put that money back into good use it's like uh, you can do a lot with a small loan of a million dollars and uh, it really depends what you do with it in the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) Very, very well said my friend um, by the way, we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, Brandon Jennings was waived by the Bucks. Um, no, I guess he's probably going back to China. That's cool. Um, I, uh, I want to know, um, do y'all have, uh, y'all weren't on here, um, a few days ago to give any of your picks. Uh, let's not get into, um, the, the, you know, playoff predictions cause that's going to take way too long. But, um, Joel, do you have, um, do you have an idea of your um, award winners, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, any any of those? Um, you don't have to give them all, but just any that you may have. Oh, I don't. Uh, like, it's still so soon for me. Like, I have the – actually do have the, like, the power rankings, but I don't have – like, I, have, I don't have really chosen anybody specifically, especially Defensive Player of the Year. I feel like just giving it to Rudy Gobert, like, just for, like, default. Who to go bear defensive player of the year? <laughs> Can't go wrong. You might be wrong, but you might you're like fifty percent chance you might win that one. <laughs> what do you think about me picking Robertson? You like that one? And I do. I don't hate it. I like it a lot actually. It's not a bad one. 
I don't disagree with that at all. You could never go wrong. You could go with Joel Embiid again. I would mm-hmm. if Kristoff is healthy. I would I would say keep an eye on that, or even Anthony Davis. Cause I look here. I'll yeah. give you this. Uh, New Orleans is my sleeper team this year. Like last year was Utah. This year was New Orleans. I have them making the eighth seed in the West. And uh, yeah, so that's that my team to look out for is uh, New Orleans. I like them. Um, uh, I maybe more than I probably should, but but, uh, but there's something about them, and maybe it's because I really like Anthony. I was really surprised how much I really really like Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. Uh, compared to last season, I'm completely sold on him. Like as of last year, I, mean, I was really like I kind of shitted on him yeah. a little bit last year with his contract and shit, and like he completely <laughs> impressed me this year. So. Yeah, I give I give them a little more stakes. I did. I really did. So I'm I'm a yeah. No, we all did. New Orleans is my secret. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, no. Nah, hey, man. We all we all gave Drew Holiday shit for that contract, and or we all gave That's New true. Orleans shit for giving Drew Holiday that contract. We didn't give shit true. to Drew Holiday. We were like, get your money, bro. Right. <laughs> um, right. But uh, but yeah. That's I mean, true. and and it it turned out to be. I mean, at least as far as one season is concerned, a damn good contract. Correct. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, my biggest thing, my biggest thing though is like, apparently New Orleans is is interested in acquiring Baysmore, Kent Baysmore. Yeah. Which you know I threw out a trade, you know, you know not too long ago. Um, who knows? Like I don't know what what kind of package it would take for, for the Hawks to be willing to give him up. The Hawks kind of seem like they don't, they're not actively looking to shop him. I don't know if that, I've got a feeling that that is um, not necessarily the case. They just are, are not trying to overplay their hand with him. Um, right. But but nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nevertheless, like to me, it's, it, it boils down to you lost Rondo, you need to you need to change things up a little bit. You could get Bays more. You know, just I know Holiday like played really well at the two last year uh, next to Rondo, but like Alfred Payton ain't Rondo. Like Alfred Payton is a backup point guard. Um, you know, barring some some you know most improved player type season or like, you know like or candidate. Yeah, I mean, I I I it could happen. I'm just saying. Like, but if you could get a guy like Bays. And you could run like Holiday, each one more at the two than Bays, and then you know either Miritich or Randall yeah. and then Davis. Like that, that's a lineup that I could get behind. As of as currently constructed, I'm really scared. I'm nervous about them, man. Like they're a fringe playoff team, and it's like you said, you got them at the eight seed. I got them at ten in the West because. Hey. It's tough. I, they just they just scare me, man. Like Denver got better. Um, you know, a yeah, lot Denver, better, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, um, and yeah, and like, and there's just a lot of teams who, who kind of stay pat. Obviously, the Lakers got better. Um, yeah, I got I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's real tough. You the know? one I mean, I have the West barely is making it. Right, I have New Orleans barely making the playoffs, and I have it between. I have Portland again. I, I'm sleeping on Portland so bad. I did it last year. I'm doing it again this year. They were third seed last year. And I have yeah. Portland. Not I think we had them at seven or eight. Yeah. Right. I have a fucking, I have them, I think, ninth. And then I have fucking Minnesota at ten. <laughs> so it's like, mm. oh, shit. I thought, I'm completely sleeping on Minnesota this year. But 
Um, no, I got Minnesota you know, at nine and and New Orleans at ten. Like, I mean, look at that. That's not that close. Yeah, we're close. I remember looking at your things. I was like, yeah, it's not yeah. that different from mine. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. The, the the top ten in the West is like so fucking good. Like all those teams deserve. They're all playoff teams. They all deserve to make it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at the those East, and you're sure. like. Yeah, you look at the East and you're like, there's five teams that, like, deserve to make it. Yeah, and then there's, like, a handful exactly. of teams that, you know, could After make After those it. five, it's, like, it's iffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it's a toss-up. But, uh, but anyway, Juwan, um, before we before we roll out, we got about uh, four minutes left. Um, do, do you have any anybody you want to throw out for, you know, you know the MVP or – uh, rookie of the year, in, uh, most improved player, any of that, or you know, just uh, conference seating or anything that you want to throw out for that? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna throw some hot takes out there. One, I'm gonna say Ooh. that the MVP. Uh, I'm going LeBron for MVP. Uh, my hot, no hot take is stretch. Okay. No, 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 that's not a hot <laughs> that's take. A that's not a hot take. <laughs> I was, I was to about say. to say my hot take. Hold on. <laughs> my hot take is the Lakers will finish oh, number dude. one in the West. What? The Lakers oh, yeah. will be you number one in the West. Retarded. Uh, oh, my God, I can't believe on. I just said that. I'm sorry, Miss Langan. Hold on. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going Kawhi Leonard, There's the defensive hot player of the year. I'm going Kawhi, that's defensive player of the year. Uh, no, that's, that's not, not a hot take. I, I, I'm going to say it's a hot take before I say it. Relax. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, of the year, I'm going Kevin Knox. Uh, I'm also okay. saying that the Knicks sure. will be an eighth seed uh, in the East. Ooh, that's a hot take. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> that's got a hot um, take. That's I'm hot take. Also, yeah, I think yeah. I got – Not as hot. I think in my power it, rankings, I got them like 28. <laughs> yeah, I got oh, Knicks wow. finishing no. in the eighth seed. And as far as coach of the year – you know what? Um, no, I'm going to hold off on that. I'm going to hold off on that. So I'm going LeBron MVP, Lakers finishing number one in the West, Kawhi for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Kevin Knox for Rookie of the Year, and I think I said it, but Kawhi is um, Defensive Player of the Year. So you got GM. So Who's GM of the Year? GM of the Year? I don't know because I don't know. I don't know. Let me, let me look a little bit more. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> You could always go to the end. It's like the Rudy Gobert thing. Danny, you can get shit off. <laughs> you can go for forever. Yeah. Damn it. You're like, just give it to Danny. You give it to Danny it. every year. Just, no, just walk across the line. I know you won this year, right? Come on, yeah, y'all. I mean, that, that's a really good pick. That's a really good pick, but I want to wait. I want to wait till right before the season yeah. starts. For me to have a better idea on more, exactly like yeah, the landscape. Yeah, we'll see. There, there could be a few more trades that happen to shake things up. That's for sure. Um, so we'll, you know, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. <laughs> oh no, dude. Yeah, but, I, I think I think your top three as of right now. Number one is Presty. Number two is Plinka slash Magic. However you want to categorize that. And number three it, yeah. is Messiah Ujiri. Like, dude, he got Kawhi yeah. Leonard for. You got Kawhi Leonard for for DeRozan, a backup center, Gamble. and a draft yep. pick. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me, dude? Like, that's a great move um, on on a lot of different levels. So, um, and, and and you know, not the cap being one of those that is is hugely um, uh, important in that in that uh, that whole trade so um 
Yeah, I mean, from a from a cap nerd, somebody who like really watches the cap and follows everything, all the little nuances to it, um, like yeah, I, I, it's great trade. Real quick, we got about sixty seconds. Jawan, you don't like Randolph and Kufus for Tim Hardaway? Are you fucking crazy? Why the fuck don't you like that I trade? I did not. I did not say I didn't like the trade. I said it was a crazy trade. Because the Knicks and Kings would never make that. Tra- I don't see that trade happening this year. I didn't say it was a no, bad King- one. I just said that no. Bleacher Report always throws out these crazy trades that just are like, That's no one's going to do that trade. It'd be great That's if it happened. True. I mean, I know Joel would rather get rid of Courtney Lee, but if it did, yes, shed the salary and helps us try to get two max players next year instead of just one. It gets us on that yes. road to sh- shedding some of that salary. Very true. All right. Uh, We'll be back next Monday, 8 o'clock. Join us then. Uh, Join us this Sunday at 8 o'clock, Geek Vibes Live. Until then, peace. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.